right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. It's a linear expansion in this direction and the other one. It has infinite length but infinitesimal gain. Timeline Only one dimension for you to meet your friends in meters on the line. Fourteen minutes worth of content. <laughs> Man, that's all I got. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. There's been a mad scramble, my friend, here at the TLE office since you've been on your uh, conference uh, to Mexico to continue to make your various apologies to the Mexican government for your transgressions. Really it's been uh, it's been hectic here at the office. I had to fend off a crack addict with a broom the other day, um, and now Aaron is back in studio after that event, so he's oh. fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously I'm trying to smooth everything over. Don't like to, to uh, create friction for my co-host. Sounds like Aaron was kind of affected. So um, I'm trying to uh, trying to main- make sure that we maintain good relations uh, geopolitically. So um, I have found quite a bit of information for today. And one item just came across my bow 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Saw it on Twitter. Um, Did you see so, it in the, our messages together? No, no. And in fact, that okay. one threw me off. So now I'm reshuffling everything. <laughs> That's our uh, king of the week. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. So I wanted to kick it off. And I wanted to take you to a, um, a province that we don't often talk about. We don't talk about Alberta. We don't talk about things like 1981. Uh, the sorts Mm-mm. of things that happen there, Twombly Medical Center, not Valentin, not not very yeah. often. Our listeners have expressed almost zero interest. We are a minute and a half in, and you're already yeah. you're already breaking into a bit yeah. that will immediately turn off any new listeners. Yeah, well, no <laughs> new listeners. Show. That's our explicit That's right. policy. Is <laughs> <laughs> no new listeners. The listener count it will keep going down. Yes, good, <laughs> and then that will be the conclusion of the show. That would uh, be kind of the best way to end this show. Just saying, I was thinking the other day, like. Are we in this for life? And I think the answer is yes, unless yeah. we unless we, you know, kick everybody off. I mean, we have to kind of people need to stop listening. So right. So yeah, we're yeah. we're trying to drive it into the ground. And that's not reverse psychology either. I'm not saying that so that more people will listen. I, we got to put an end to this show yeah. at mm-hmm. some point in our lives. You know. Exactly. So in so doing, uh, let me take you to Alberta. I saw this pop across my timeline from Uh an account um, who was pretty big during the COVID era. Uh, Peter Sweden. um, Oh, yes, of course. I know the king of cringe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's he's a little bit cringy, but uh, obviously some of the stuff that he posts is is somewhat. Do you know that he's Norwegian? Yes. Which is cringe in itself. This would be like calling you car camp it of uh, Canada, in yeah. fact. Uh-huh. Or, like or, that. Of, or of America. You know, it just wouldn't or be of Amer- that's, You're right. That's true. <clears throat> Joke number two that a lot of our listeners are not catching on to. Right. Yeah. So, there it is. <laughs> Shut the podcast off. <laughs> Shut it's it over. down. It's um, over. Okay, so uh, th- this this one is really interesting. This ties in a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about the last three or four months, um, as well as a lot of the stuff that we've talked about for five years that turns a lot of our listeners off. Uh, Alberta Premier 
Danielle Smith says she distrusts World Economic Forum province to cut ties. Wow. What? Yeah. You can't, you can do that? You can well, just do that? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, probably not. But I thought a lot of, I, I, I how I'm, do I cut ties <laughs> with the world? You keep going. Smith, uh, <laughs> Smith said, I'm going to read some of this article. There's one sentence that I thought was actually really interesting. Smith said she won't do because, and, and I want to couch this in the, the, there's this perceived, there's this narrative that I see that is, that, that, um, is pushed over and over and over that, you know, it's like, well, the world economic forum is just, you know, it's just a forum. It's a, it's a forum and we, we bandy about ideas and, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's the long and short of it. That's, that's what we are, that we don't really have any involvement, uh, in local governance or national governments or things like that, which I think most people kind of understand as BS. But um, anyway, I, I just wanted to read some of this article, and there's there's one sentence that I'll stop at. Smith said she won't deal with the agency until they stop, quote, bragging about their control over politicians. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith said she is canceling a health consulting agreement involving the World Economic Forum. Mm. I'm just going to stop there. That is, is that's kind of interesting. So th- I, I didn't know you could do this. I didn't yeah. either. I, I had I no idea. I did not know you could just say we're going to cancel. Do so, Car. Maybe you don't know any more about this than I do. But what did they actually do? Well, that's my question here because I wasn't even. <laughs> I'm, I wasn't even really aware that people had explicit contracts. Maybe that's my own ignorance. It probably Correct. is. I'm, but I wasn't really aware that the province of Alberta would have a, a standing contract with the World Economic Forum. And what does that look like? Who wrote the terms? Who's, what, what is it? So um, I, anyway, let me continue here. I because thought it was just literally thought it was just a cool people's club. Yeah, where they too. Where they pressure on the verge of cool people to become cool by listening to what they have to say. That's more or less what I thought. I know that that's a little bit tongue in cheek, but I mean, honestly, I think I thought that's more or less what it was. It's not like they're like an ESG rating agency or something where like what they say can destroy a nation. I mean, right. I guess it can. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Well, anyway, let me continue with this article. So, um, Alberta, uh, premier Danielle Smith said she is canceling a health consulting agreement involving the world economic forum. And then this is in dashes. So like a little sub sentence, an agency uh-huh. at the center of global domination, conspiracy theories, because she won't work with a group that talks about controlling governments quote. I find it distasteful when billionaires brag about how much control they have over political leaders. Smith yeah, said at a news does conference that. Monday after, uh, and keep in mind, Daniel Smith is obviously a fascist and a bigot. So, uh, this is obviously dog whistling, but, uh, I'm probably just doesn't even anyway. want gay people to probably get married not. in Ukraine. Yeah, probably yeah. throw them in camps. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that is offensive. The quote that is offensive. The people who should be directing government are the people who vote f- for them. Uh, quite quote. Quite frankly, until the organization stops bragging about how much control they have over political leaders, I have no interest in being involved with them. The United Conservative Party premier said she is in lockstep with federal conservative leader Pierre Polyver, fascist probably, who has stated mm-hmm. he and his caucus will have nothing to do with the World Economic Forum. The deal with Alberta Health Services sees the province share ideas. Here's where it gets good. Shares share ideas with health researchers at Harvard University and the Mayo Clinic under the forum's umbrella. <laughs> the high profile uh. conference of global political and business leaders has been the focus of conspiracy theories. And here's where we just dive in and bash conspiracy. A decade ago is accused by the left wing of conspiring to cut pensions and slash environmental programs. It became the focus of attacks from the right during the COVID-19 pandemic when it promoted a quote great reset calling for ideas on how to better organize global society post pandemic 
That started online conspiracy accusations on unpro- unproven and debunked that the forum is pro- uh, fronting a global cabal of string pullers exploiting the pandemic to dismantle capitalism and introduce damaging socialist pr- systems and social control measures such as forcing people to take vaccines with tracking chips. Uh, uh. Let me let me see if there's any good. Uh, no, I mean, keep going because this is I don't know what they do. I don't know anything about them. Smith, on a live stream interview Friday, announced the deal was ending, but didn't say why. At a news conference Saturday, she declined to respond to two questions on the forum. The premier was asked by a reporter Monday if she had concerns about the forum, quote, because you accept the online conspiracy theory that the WEF is a front for a global cabal of world leaders bent on using the pandemic to destroy capitalism and install socialist dysfunctional dystopia. Uh, Smith declined to answer, quote, I think it makes sense to make health decisions based on health experts, she said, quote, the group WEF and the person at the helm of it Klaus Schwab. I don't think he's a medical doctor. I don't think he's a nurse, and I don't think he's a, uh, a paramedic. He, he's and not. He's a <laughs> business professor, <laughs> and I don't think he's a health professional. Quote: no. I am going to be taking advice from our frontline nurses, doctors, paramedics, and health professionals to fix the local problems that we have. NDP health critic Shannon Phillips said in the statement, in a statement, said Daniel Smith's quote bizarre fixation on the World Economic Forum does nothing to repair healthcare, create jobs, or the cost of living for Alberta families. Quote, it is troubling for Albertans that Smith is more interested in dangerous conspiracy theories than helping families and businesses. Uh, political scientist Lori Williams at Calgary's Mountain uh, Mount Royal University questioned why Smith would end, quote, an agreement that has the potential to provide life-saving, health-improving inf- information that could be of benefit for Albertans simply because you're suspicious about one of the organizations involved. <laughs> like, what? what is it? Yeah. One of the organizations involved, it sounds like it's the umbrella organization. What? Do, it's not like right. this was like a, a medical device company that happened to sell a, you know, a x-ray scanner to, to a hospital in Alberta. This It's like yeah. the entire thing. Um, quote, that's yeah, the, this is the whole effort. Right. And, and so uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and here and then here they just add like five or six one line paragraphs to just absolutely destroy during the COVID-19 pandemic, Smith pushed for later debunked treatments such as livestock dewormer ivermectin. That's a blast from the past that pulling that one out of the, uh, in July, uh-huh. she told a live stream audience. She believes that it's within a person's control to avoid getting early stage cancer. Um, prop I, if, and I don't know, but I, I would imagine that she probably said, yeah, uh, you know, get exercise and eat relatively healthy and, you know, you can, uh, at least manage your risk there and they're probably twisting that but i don't know I, I i don't know what she said earlier this month on her first day as premier she was criticized for saying those not vaccinated against are the most discriminated group she has seen in her lifetime certainly in canada that might might, might be true i mean because they're all white um last week she apologized for remarks made earlier this year that ukraine accept neutrality and it's war with russia completely in my opinion reasonable uh Statement. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I I was I was I, and I'm shocked because of my own ignorance. I'm sure people that are listening knew this, but I did not actually know that the World Economic Forum had explicit health consulting contracts with. Am I? You know, it it appears to be from what I am trying to parse out. They have a number of activities that they yeah. go under. Apparently, this is probably, again, not news to a lot of people, but this is the first because I've never looked into this shit. It's just a joke. Yeah. Um, They have a thousand member companies, maybe more, but it says a thousand. Most of them are over five billion dollars in in value. Um, They they do a few things. They have the annual meeting in Davos, which is why it's called the Davos group. group. 
Um, that's in Switzerland. So they have an annual meeting. Such topics, uh, each meeting has a theme. Such topics have been discussed, including in 1996, sustaining globalization. In 2003, building global trust. In 2008, the power of collaborative innovation. And then following that, shaping the post-crisis world um, in 2009. Uh, in 2020, stakeholders for a cohesive and sustainable world. And 2021, it was canceled because of COVID. <laughs> and then the only thing more powerful than Davos is a little yeah. cough. Uh, and then in 2022, the theme is histor history at a turning point, government policies and business strategies. It is part of this thing that I've been trying, it seems like, to... Uh, visualizing my own head. I'm not a very uh, visual thinker, Carr. Um, mm -hmm. Not I, a shape I have rotator. To, not a shape rotator. That's, everything's aligned for me. I can envision that in my head. Been trying to come up with an idea of organization for these groups. This is what I am would be calling a global standardization organization, it mm -hmm. seems like. Yeah. Where their purpose is through a very unified message – the top 1,000 companies collaborate together in order to shape the way that business is done, the way that business interacts with economy, the state of the world, and managing the industrial revolution in a cohesive and com competition-free environment. Mm -hmm. Basically, the top 1,000 companies are seeking to control all of the other ones – through standardization of business practices. Yeah, regulatory capture type thing. Which is, exactly, which is what ESG, yes. I mean, literally does. That's yeah. the point mm -hmm. of ESG is yeah. to align companies' behaviors with the interests of the West and businesses that dominate the global market. Yes, which I are think controlled by the West. I think that's incredibly accurate. Um, and so there are two things that I want to branch off of that you said. The first one, I want to stick on COVID because I just saw this absolutely ridiculous article on CNN that um, I just they're I still doing COVID articles, dude. So this one is incredible. It's We're, over. I know. So this one's actually about the vaccine. Don't they know that the COVID ended when Russia declared war on Ukraine? Apparently not. They didn't get the memo. They weren't filled in. This is this is this is incredible. <laughs> the way that they're framing this. And then I, and then I want to return to ESG type stuff because I've got another story that I tweeted about earlier this week that I'd like to cover in a little bit more depth. So this is uh, on. CNN. Are we never going to get to the world's dirtiest man or. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to let you derail this. <laughs> COVID-19 right. COVID vaccine study links side effects with greater antibody response. People who, <laughs> so you could really? probably already, get, you could probably already get a feel for where they're going here. People who reported experiencing side effects uh, to the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines, such as fever, chills, or muscle pain, tended to have a, a greater antibody response following vaccination, according to new research. Having such, such symptoms after vaccination is associated with greater antibody responses compared with having only pain or rash at the injection site or no symptoms at all, suggests the paper published Friday in the journal JAMA Network Open. In conclusion, these findings support reframing post-vaccination symptoms as signals of vaccine effectiveness and reinforce <laughs> guidelines for vaccine boost 
boosters in older adults. The researchers from Columbia University in New York, University of Vermont and Boston University wrote in their paper. But even though some people may have small localized side effects or no symptoms at all, the vaccine still elicits robust immune responses in them too. Nearly all participants <laughs> exhibited a positive antibody response after completing a two-dose Pfizer-BioNTech. Yeah, BioNTech. we know. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want a patient to tell me to, this. This is such an insane paragraph. This is all in quotes. I don't want a patient to tell me that, golly, I didn't get any reaction. My arm wasn't sore. I didn't have a fever. The vaccine didn't work. I don't want that conclusion to be out there, said Dr. William Schaffner, a my, professor. My, at- my son didn't die of a heart attack <laughs> while did. taking an, a moderate jog. I guess did the vaccine work? didn't work. <laughs> said a professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases at Vanderbilt University Medical Center and medical director of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases, who was not involved in the new study. This is more the quote. This is more to reassure people who have had a reaction that 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 that's their immune system responding actually in a rather good way to the vaccine, even though it has caused them some discomfort. Schaffner wow. said, um, and it goes on. But I, I just thought that that's a incredible uh, incredible reframing of of the issue uh, that I that I felt was relevant to bring to our hopefully dwindling listeners. So may I, may I encapsulate what I just heard? Yes, please do. They are saying that the vaccine side effects being more uncomfortable makes people believe that they're working. Yes. <laughs> and we have, we have got to be killed, right? We have for, to be killed, right? For, because for, we, yeah. we are too smart for the rest of the, for the leaders of this country. Furthermore, Bert, it, it means don't worry if, if you, if, if on the rare occasion you didn't actually have any side effects because it's you still working. skin like blood clots this, in your, this would in be, your... this would be like <laughs> as a civil engineer, if I went and said, Yes, uh, the um, don't be alarmed uh, if you're not dying in an interchange that I just uh, that I just built. Um, right. You know, the the people dying that that indicates that people are using it. Like, it's, don't be it, alarmed <laughs> if that the house foundation that I put down slightly tilts to the left because that means the right side is holding up really. That well. means the right side is holding up very well, <laughs> and that means that it has been built. <laughs> There is something there. It is. Uh, it's. It's truly, truly. We're never going to get away. F- I, I mean, at at what point is what you just read exactly the same thing that the Alex Jones style conspiracy right. theorists were saying? I know. It's. It's. Um. It's, it's just a different end. It's just a different capper to the to the message. The vaccine is making people very sick, so it's not working. Versus now it is <laughs> now, the vaccine is people making very people very sick. So it is working a healthy 24 year old dying of a stroke. That's a sign that it's the vaccines working, man. It is what a clown world. So <clears throat> um, does any, nobody believes this anymore, right? I think they do, dude. I, I really do. I, Are you serious? So you go around in your day to day. You know what? I notice a lot of people aren't fucking talking about it at all. Well, I think that's the primary thing. They're a little embarrassed. Are, yeah. Yeah. I think they're a little I, embarrassed. Yeah. I think most people got that shot and then they saw the people who didn't get a shot not die. And at the most they're going, uh, well, I guess it worked. Like it, yeah, with that yeah. level of enthusiasm. I right. guess it worked. Well, I've t- I've talked about this on here before, but in my personal group of like meat space friends, 
it is alarming. It's like one to one, the correlation between people who never got a vaccine and never got COVID. It's crazy. And, and, oh, and yeah, granted, you never got COVID, right? Oh, I, you don't I know. never did. I know. Well, of course. Really yeah. Know. Technically you don't know, but I never got yeah. sick and neither but, did. But you know, what's crazy car getting the test. You may still not really know right, the exactly. reliability of the test. Yeah. Cause you'll yeah. remember, I took that, uh, I took that, uh, antibody test like in, in, I remember April administering it to you and we were doing it in the Chinese uh, method. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that was a, that was a real treat. Um, okay. So the other thing that you had brought up with regards to the world economic forum, and this is even more relevant to the world economic forum, um, is the ESG stuff. Now this isn't directly related to ESG, but it's somewhat related. And I tweeted about it this week. I saw an article that, uh, France, uh, Macron, uh, is declaring that they are going to leave the energy charter treaty, uh, between European countries, um, at some point in the future. Now, Oh, I did see this. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is really interesting. And there's a couple, there's a couple parts of it that, um, I think you have to read between the lines on. So to set the stage, can you say that name again, by the way, can you say his name again? President Emmanuel Macron. Is that who you're talking about? That's great. That's a yeah. great way to pronounce that. I like yeah. that. Um, so to to set the stage as we as we have over the last few months, um, Europe is in a little bit of an ener- energy crisis. I don't think it's really hit full tilt yet, but um, they are edging towards a very precarious situation as the weather begins to cool off. I like the idea that it's only full tilt when they start dying in the yeah, middle of the no, winter. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and prices have gotten up 30 percent yeah yeah well i think they already yeah well in, in any yeah, case way up um well france is a little bit of an outlier in the european union because they are still heavily using nuclear power to power their country uh i, I from any research that i could find uh, about 70 percent of their their energy comes from nuclear uh this is different than almost any other i think any other uh, at least big European country. I don't know if maybe some of the smaller ones that border them buy their power from, you know, France, I have no idea. But um, the other portion of this is that all the nukes are state owned. Um, now this energy charter treaty, I've tried to do a little bit of research on what exactly it is. Um, I think that there are a lot of different aspects to it, but um, uh, primarily it kind of sets ESG goals um it looks like it, it, it's weird because it looks like it was originally founded to protect certain fossil fuel interests. Those, uh, being ones that are owned by big companies, you know, perhaps maybe one of those thousand, I don't know. Um, and then it also, uh, looks like it, it does some, uh, it sets some framework to limit the amount that national governments within the European Union can actually sue or fight back against private, quote unquote, private uh, energy providers within uh, countries. So there's a lot, uh, there's a lot to kind of chew on here, but I did want to, uh, to focus on this one line from Macron. Uh, he is framing this. Let's see. Let's see here. Let me, okay. So here's a quote. France has decided to withdraw from the Energy Charter Treaty, Macron said at a press conference following an EU leader summit in Brussels, adding that the move is, quote, coherent with the country's climate ambitions and the 
Paris Climate Agreement. The decision follows announcements from Spain, the Netherlands, and Poland that they will withdraw from the pact. Germany and Belgium have signaled they are considering their options. Earlier this <laughs> week, France's, yeah, France's High Council on Climate said continued membership of the treaty posed a threat to the EU's climate goals. So this is really interesting. They're actually framing it a, in, in, a, in such a way that they're saying, uh, yeah, no, actually, it doesn't go far enough. That's why we need to leave. Um, here, here's a quote. We need to accelerate investment in renewables and nuclear, said Macron. I'm concerned with the return of fossil fuels and hydrocarbons. The war must not let us forget our commitment to reduce carbon emissions. So they're really framing this as, well, we're, we're, we're getting out of it because it's, it's, a, it's actually not helping us meet the climate goals. It's not, it doesn't go far enough. And that may actually be true because I think there is a lot of fossil fuel interest in that uh, treaty. Um, but that's, that, that's a really, really interesting development, especially if you remember some of the Davos versus um, national interest uh, stuff that I've been talking about uh, both on this show and then my show on The Signal. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because France could be pretty well, su- you know, well suited to weather this storm a little bit better than their Eastern friends, Germany, Poland, et cetera. Um, so like, do, what do you think is the end result? Um, uh, in terms of, uh, it's hard to ask this. I was going to say in terms of what's the good and bad, but well, I don't really think, and I don't think anything I care about is benefiting from this action either way. Yeah, fact, well, if I'm a, if I'm all in on America, I don't really want France having energy independence at all. <laughs> I want them. I want to be selling them oil and shit like that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's know. true. But but also remember that they don't. I mean, of course they use oil. Um, but in terms, I do of, know their oil purchases, uh, obviously towards us, have gone way up for an obvious reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well. Anyway, be that as it may. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, an interesting benchmark in the continued soft war or cold war, you could even call it between the more globalist interests, WEF and their friends and the national interests, those who are trying to uh, not die this winter. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what comes of it. Uh, You know, you know how Europe is and and anybody, any politicians are, it's like they'll just declare it and then, and then they'll walk it back or something. So we'll, we'll see if anything comes of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's super interesting. I um I am curious to know, um, because there's, uh, it, it almost seems as though. First of all, you have to take. I do really think that we are entering. We're going back to the blocks, basically. Um, I think China is a block. I I think BRICS is kind of a block, but I think a couple of the nations in BRICS don't really play by those rules necessarily. Uh-huh. I think Russia is a block. I think China is a block. I think the West is obviously the biggest, most dominant block. Um, it is interesting that the West is is starting to really visibly and vocally take stances against its competing blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when, and now this is a pivot to the one thing that I wanted to talk about, 20th Party Congress in China just took place. Uh, Xi Jinping has basically ensured himself the rulership over that nation until he's finished. There will still be elections. However, he's set up the party cabinet with all of the people uh, who are sympathetic to him. 
And if you take a look at the people who uh, he she has lined up on his side in his cabinet, they are all basically Taiwan hawks. All of them are intelligence. Uh, all of them are military. He actually the only two business magnets who were previously on his cabinet, he just kicked out. So now he's got an entire cabinet full of military and intelligence guys. For an obvious reason, he's going after Taiwan. And at the same time, you have the Chips Act. You have global yep. realignment of chip manufacturing, which was always largely done by the Dutch. But at this point, the U.S. has called the bluff and said, hey, you're not going to be do the largest chip manufacturer in the world is some Dutch company. I, I forget the name of it, but they, they make the models for most of the chips. Biden was basically like, you're not doing that anymore for them. And they said, OK, cool. Yeah. So that's one attack. Now we're making our own chips again. It's just weird uh, to see the West is becoming very bullish towards war with China. Um, yeah. And it will probably be a cold war for a long time, um, although they will move on Taiwan uh, and that will be a. That'll be a hell of a conflict. <laughs> do, what, yeah, so what, go into that. What, what, what do you mean by that? They will move to secure um, a control over Taiwan. Um, they will shut down Taiwan's chip manufacturing, probably to the majority of the West. Um, they will start funneling cheaper chips to our enemies. I say our, meaning we are a part of the Western Hemisphere, so let's use that term for now. Um, and I think it's going to happen within the next five years. Um, and this is not me going six weeks till a global domestic incident. <laughs> I, I don't know. I could be a lot sooner than that. But the car, we are, there is no way that this kind of semi-sovereignty over Taiwan that China has is just going to become sovereignty over, over Taiwan. Like they already have a sphere of influence over Taiwan, which they are constantly fishing their waters and they're constantly obstructing their trade lines. Now I think you will see an actual takeover Hong Kong style um, of of China, uh, of Taiwan, or as they call it, China. Um, that is going to completely fuck up everything going on in the East China Sea, uh, which the United States has for a very long time expressed sovereignty over. Uh, it's a major trade route to not yep. just China, but to other, including Australia, partakes. Um, but I do think globally you are starting to see the West kind of wake up um, and we're go we're shifting back into a cold war mode. And I think a lot of people are not, we'll say giving Biden credit, I, which leads me to an, uh, an announcement that I have about over the line. Um, okay. But I think you're seeing a lot of people are not giving Biden the credit that he deserves for basically in a way that Trump was completely incapable of doing because Trump fawns over other authoritarians. Biden is 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 slowly piece by piece meticulously taking apart the China regime. Um, did you see that Merrick Garland, who will be probably impeached if the Republicans take um, the House and Senate in in November here, um, Merrick Garland announced uh, the I think it was the arrest. Let me just make sure the Justice Department. Announces, yeah, I just looked into the article before. They are charging 13 Chinese nationals in the U.S. Yes, uh, I saw. as spies. Yep. Of the uh, of the Chinese regime, 
these include what's uh, they, these include a major hotel owner in Queens, New York. Um, most of them are actually based in New York, which how, how long have I said that? I mean, most of the real estate in New York City is owned by the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. Um, you're starting to see the effects of that. Uh, most of them were in New York, some of them in Queens, some of them in Brooklyn. They were taking large payments of Bitcoin, most of them, uh, to basically spy uh, on their various. They were intelligence operatives, basically. Um, this has not. This was never. I don't think ever once done during Trump's regime. A large scale crack up of Chinese spies. Uh, we don't know though. I, I don't really know. I have to look into it. Uh, it it relates to, among other things, the current ongoing federal investigation of Huawei. Yep. Um, which they're also trying to kneecap, which is one of China's major money makers. Well, that's what they caught him on, right? Was trying to get information on a legal on an upcoming legal ruling of Huawei. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that's what some of them are being caught on. But ah, a couple okay. of them. There's other cases, including the uh, they're attempting to. Uh, repatriate Chinese nationals living in the U.S. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of this before, but like in in New York, it's well known that they they basically keep um, secret police. The Chinese government basically keeps secret police in New York who work in the precincts as police. Yeah, and they report on dissident Chinese nationals living in New York and they also force repatriate them and they're posing and they're actual police officers who are paid by the Chinese government, actual new NYPD officers who are paid by the Chinese government to run long running Chinese intelligence operations all over New York. Uh, And I'm sure this is happening in other major cities as well. Um, But I just know about what's going on in New York. You're like, I, we're, we're, it's the Cold War, man. I mean, we're back yeah. to the Cold War. I mean, yeah. in a very obvious way. And um, what's really interesting is there's either silence or agreement. This is alarming to me. There's almost no opposition to this. On, on part of Biden's actions against China, there's almost no opposition against it. Do you remember how Trump took the China virus stance yeah. And everybody was like, that's racist. Mm-hmm. You can't say that. But if Biden did it, he would never have used those words. And he probably could have gotten away with going, yeah, China basically manufactured this thing. Like, yeah. I think the 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 feeling in the United States, even amongst it seems like liberals is, yeah, China really is the bad guy here. But you just can't say all Chinese people. You're not allowed to say that. But. We're totally willing to go along with any anti-China action that you're going to take. And it seems like that's where we're at right now. It doesn't seem like there's a large anti-continued um, hawkish behavior against China organization in this country. doesn't seem like it. It seems like yeah. we're ready to go to a Cold War. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, five years until a major domestic incident is my prediction. OK, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, related to that, I, I've been seeing or hearing and I have nothing confirmed, but it's just one of those things where you see it mentioned in a couple places and you're like, well, this might just well be coming down the pipe. Um, I, I've been seeing rumblings that TikTok might be banned in the United States. Thank God. I hope that's true. What a yeah. weird, dis- weird platform that that is. I mean, you it literally, is. I've never been on it, but I mean, you can. Ju- I know a lot of people who have it. 
you spend an hour on there and you go, this is obviously some sort of brainwashing tool. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, no, no doubt. It's just a that, that's that is kind of crazy. I mean, just banning an app. Like, I mean, I, I know. I yeah. guess it's not that, it's not that crazy, but uh, that you know, there's well, a lot of you. It's a pretty big network, right? I know. I know that. Um, well, I actually don't know where you stand as far as um, as a libertarian on something like that. But from the perspective of it being very clearly a weapon, <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah. do wonder how people. Because I mean, if you go well, it's not a it's not a weapon. That's a sort of a different conversation. Uh-huh. Um, and once you get the yes or no on that, I wonder where people go with it. Like, you, it, first, the first question is: Is TikTok in the United States being used by a foreign government to influence behavior in the United States? I think, and I think if you can say yes to that, I think most people are like, okay, well then that's a problem. Like, I don't think there's many people who go, yes, it's being used in the United States to manufacture a certain sort of social behavior. Um, once you get people to agree with that, I do wonder what people think about that. But I mean, I don't know, man. It's To me, it's very clear that it is being used by the Chinese government, its algorithms, by the Chinese government to manufacture certain behavioral patterns that they don't want manufactured in their own country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that I, seems I, to be at this point relatively clear. For sure, I, I think that's I think that's a very reasonable statement to make. Um, you know, as far as where I stand on it, I, I have fully in you know taken up my position as an observer. I, I there there's yeah, this, right. this whole thing is just so insane and so um, tied in with interests of all kinds that I disagree with. That I, I at this point it's like I don't care. I'm I, and I don't care to parse through excuse me, parse through the, the libertarian rhetoric of, is this good or bad? It's just happening or it's not happening and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I, I do think that it will, you know, the more, uh, crackdowns on this sort of thing happen, the more people will pick up interest in building protocols rather than companies to convey information. And that's exciting yeah. to me. So and they have to do and they need all these people, by the way, need sales teams because they, the major problem that I've found with a lot of efforts to circumvent continue, basically to continue the agorist conversation um, is the barrier to entry. I remember we were talking about uh, the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I str- very much believe that still. Um, I think that if you're going to compete with something like TikTok, which uh, I, I, what it does, I mean, it's an entertainment platform, right? Yep. It's very entertaining. People seem to be very entertained by it. And certainly if the algorithms were designed in a way to encourage uh, certain kinds of behavior over other kinds of behavior, then it is a force which can be used for productive ends, whether they're good mm-hmm. or bad. Um, whoever controls the algos controls whether or not TikTok is a good or bad thing in my mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... I what needs to be done is a continued development of means to circumvent certainly government algorithm influence, which is, is a real problem. I mean, that is a real problem. If you have a guy who can go around and play a magical flute that takes control of your neighbor's brains. Yeah. Uh, you gotta be concerned about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Your neighbors are currently doing anything, (laughs) you know, which I, which I very much believe about this country too. I mean, you look at the the COVID panic regime that existed, which sort of still does. We were talking, just talking about it. Um, that is going to be weaponized again very for soon, sure. for yep. sure. Absolutely. Um, yep. So, yes, I totally agree. There has to be means by which people can take flight, but the means have got to continuously get easier and not more complex. I just feel like that is a 
that's the major way that you can secure a, a society wide freedom from the influence of a malevolent regime. Yep. Totally agree. Which I'm totally. not a programmer, um, so I don't know how to I, do that. But, I think there's some know. really interesting stuff coming down the pipe. I'm actually going to be doing a Signal episode on it, and uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, signal changes the world, man. Yeah. So. Signal. The Signal will change the world. I believe yeah. that strongly. Speaking of controlling the information, I see that we are laying oh, the groundwork. Bef- before you do, I now I must announce, because we just talked about China. Um, I was talking about Biden really quick. Uh, I was just talking about how people aren't giving Biden the credit he deserves. Listeners, believe it or not, I managed to get it up. Go check over the line out. I got an hour and a half long episode with Lee uh, where me and him talk about all of Biden's achievements and how we believe our thesis is Biden is one of the greatest emperors in the history of the United States. (laughs) I'm sure that'll be a good one. I'm actually going to download that right now. Yeah, yeah, so uh, speaking of Biden, I see that we're – laying the the groundwork for the election integrity situation uh, for the midterms. Can I get a pulse check? Can I get a temperature check on what you think is going to happen during the elections? Um, do you mean as far as cheating goes? No, I mean, as, tar- as far as results go. Oh, that's an OK. Um, I, well, from what I understand is if the pollsters can be trusted, which I think in most cases they can be half trusted. It does seem like we're there's not going to be a red wave, but I think enough people are still in a reactionary state where I think Republicans are are pretty much slated to take the 10 or so seats that they need in order to secure control over the House. Um, i th- less sure about the Senate, though I do think that's in play. Um, and uh, there's a couple of governorships uh, that are coming up. We're going to see what what here's what I think. Um, there's a, a lot of ground is going to be set from these elections, whereas these elections usually function as a means to stop a president in their tracks. I think the, 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 the cat is out of the bag on that one, and Biden is going to proceed doing whatever he needs to do to be the best emperor of all time because most of the Republicans agree with him about the actions he's taking on China. So what... The biggest game in town is going to be immigration. Uh, If Carrie Lake, for instance, gets elected to, I believe she's up for governor in Arizona, which she's very charismatic. Um, I do believe she is going to take that seat. Arizona is the hotbed in this country for illegal immigration arrests. I think it's something like 90% of felons who are arrested are arrested uh, immigrants who are charged with a felony, I should say, are coming out of Arizona, specifically through, I think it's called Yuma Pass, perhaps. Uh, it's a major cartel um, immigration zone where they will send a lot of these vulnerable people who want to come into this country. Uh, they'll send them in with drugs. They'll put, uh, contact, they'll put contracts on them that they have to pay off after they make it into the country. Um, I think immigration is going to be uh, a major focus. And I think because of that, Republicans stand a good chance because they are on the what appears to be in the zeitgeist of the winning side of the immigration debate, which is uh, we want less of it uh, because it is a giant cartel controlled by very evil people uh, and it's exploiting a lot of people, which is was not the message on immigration from coming out of Republicans 10 years ago. 
mm-hmm. 10 years ago it was something like uh, they don't want to assimilate, they don't belong here, they're bringing crime. Now the Republicans have figured out the way that we can tool that message is, no, the people coming over don't want to be coming over under these current circumstances, so we have to stop the means by which they come over. Um, it's a slightly different message, but it's a more palatable one. Because of that, I think Republicans will probably take some seats that they need to take uh, in as far as governor's races go. Now, Carr, I think the races for governor, uh, you probably agree with me here, are more important than that in Congress. Yeah. Probably because at this point, uh, Biden's major efforts are focused around what he's doing internationally to prevent other countries from doing better than we are doing in this economic crisis. When Biden goes out there and goes, our economy is doing great, he's correct. Because he's talking in terms of every other economy in the world, right, which is yeah. doing way worse. So, I, you know, he said that and people are like, and of course, Republicans are idiots well, or they know how to tailor a message. And they say things like, how could he say our economy is doing great? It's doing terrible. He's talking about in terms of literally every other country in the world, which mm-hmm. is doing way worse. In a sense, Biden has secured the softest fall for the biggest guy in the room. Yeah, um, which is a, a genius. I don't know how he's managed to do it, but it but it is. Well, it's still a fall. But can uh, I it, can I jump yes, in? Though? Please, because please. this gets back to the Fed versus the federal government uh, discussion. Yeah. yeah. And and <clears throat> I I'm still Which, by the way, I think Biden is winning in that argument as well. I also. Yeah. For now, I think. But at the same time, Jay Powell is still slated to increase rates. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where it ends up. I saw, again, um, rumblings in the same way that I saw rumblings about TikTok, but I saw rumblings that uh, Powell uh, had uh, received a little door knock from people at the White House uh, last week. And I am I am sure that there is quite a bit of pressure on him uh, to tread very carefully uh, in the coming months because he is slated to raise interest rates another 75 basis points next week, um, next Wednesday, I believe actually. Uh, and then a 50 and then a 25 in January, um, with, you know, suggesting that we're going to come to a terminal, uh, federal funds rate of around almost 5%, 4.75%, I believe, which, mm-hmm. um, is, is really, really crazy because we haven't seen that in so long. Um, and that is going to affect everything. What do you mean by so long, like the seventies? Um, no, I think it was farther back to the really. No, no, no. I don't even. I don't think you have to go. I, I think at least since the great financial crisis, and really that's all that's kind of relevant now. Um, is in my mind, so much stuff has changed since the uh, yeah the financial crisis that that's really the modern era, and I think that's what because comparing things to the seventies when our debt to GDP was so low and stuff like that, it's like. Eh, yeah. You know, but now when you That's raise the, the 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 funds rate and our debt to GDP is 130 percent or whatever it is 140, um, <laughs> you, we're not going to be able to pay the bills. Like the 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 servicing the interest is going to become a real real big problem. And now, that, who who are some of our major lendees? China. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just privately held by citizens. I mean, a lot of people just buy treasuries. Um, yeah, buy treasuries. And, yeah, and then uh, yeah. China holds some, Saudi Arabia holds some. I mean, basically everybody does because what happens yeah. is people, be, international contracts are, are 
to a large degree settled in dollars and particularly energy contracts. So countries have to have dollars to buy stuff um, on the international markets. And so if they have to have dollars, that means that they go and theoretically up until recently, um, just sink it into a risk-free asset that that bears yield, which is a treasury bond. Um, so, you know, if you, if your country has to have 200 billion of, of cash kind of on hand, um, in a liquid form, well, are you going to keep that in cash or are you going to put it into a treasury bond uh, that at least returns something because at 200 billion, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, so that's what countries do. They start when they, they have cash on hand because they have to buy stuff. Um, and so they just lend it to the U S at a risk-free for a small return. Um, so, so the United oh, States can- cancels the payback on these treasuries to China <laughs> after oh, dude, the war I mean, starts, after the war already begins in Taiwan, because that's what they're waiting for. Well, so <laughs> th- that would be a I think that would be a gigantic problem for the United States. Do you um, think so? Yes. Yeah. You don't think most of the Western world would go? We understand why you're doing that. <laughs> well, and therefore, would take the actions to mitigate the consequences. Yeah. I think that it, you're talking about such a big market and the there are two things that that really encourage people to do this and one is that it is perceived to be risk free now that took a big blow when we froze uh, Russia's foreign exchange reserves but mm-hmm. uh, it, you know until that point it, it was considered to be entirely risk free um, and uh, you know it s- serviced by the biggest dog in the, in the kennel. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, if we did that, I think the bond market would explode because that marginal increase in perceived risk would r- ripple through the markets and p- interest rates would rise a lot overnight. So then can I redefine that as, in a way yeah. as in a form of a question? So does that assumption rely on the fact that if action was to be taken against China in a world where the world goes, China's invasion of Taiwan is an egregious act. Are you relying, your assumption is relying on the fact that even in that case, if, if the U S declines to pay back those bonds to China, uh, that would still cause a ripple effect in the market. Huge, huge, Uh, even beyond the perception that it's a warranted action, it still oh, yeah. would. Oh my god, yeah. Oh okay. my god, yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> dude, it would be okay. insane. Because think, because think about. Um, uh, Is this a regular thing where countries at war don't cancel? Yeah, the payback of bonds. They, they yeah. still pay them back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're going to torpedo the market, and you got to have people with faith to give you money to continue the war effort. Um, so, I mean, it, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but yeah, like, uh, you know, people were investing in, you know, there, there was cross investment from all the countries during world war two, for example, world war one. I, I mean, yeah, it, you know, the banking, the banking sector lives above the, the nation state sector. Um, so d- d- were some frozen? Yeah, probably. But I mean, just to give you an idea, like I, I'm pretty sure when we froze Russia's foreign exchange assets, that's the first time we've ever done it. 
Um, well, and you know it's not going to be the last time, which is why well, I'm that's, asking. <laughs> well, that's that's my point is if we make yeah. a habit of it, then you, people have to price in that risk, which raises well, the interest rate. Do you think that people have to price that in as a risk wholesale or only if they consider themselves part of that group that could get cut off because they defy the U.S. empire? It, like you it, think what I'm saying is it, everybody what, does that? Uh Yes, but only, but but through market forces. So if yeah. if on the margins, five other countries say, I don't know, we, we haven't had the greatest relationship with like Saudi Arabia, uh, for example, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and they start selling bonds, um, yeah. that then through market forces, those interest rates are going to go up, and then that's I going see. to see. Okay, so you you are relying on the idea that because of the action against China, people immediately just start selling the bonds yeah. right away. Yeah, yeah, that could be a big fucking problem. You're oh, right. Oh yeah, so and, and, if, and, if and, and, stem, and if they stem that tide, <laughs> which very hard to do, I'm sure. Yeah, you really got to make friends at, at with a, everybody at 130 percent <laughs> debt to GDP. Yeah, it, that's going to be a gigantic po- problem. Gigantic. Uh huh. I see what you, I see. The point that you're making. Yeah. Okay. I see the point. Yeah. So it you know it almost is irrelevant. I still think they'll take the risk. By the way, they might. Still, yeah. They I may still be forced. Think to. They will. It, I cannot imagine in the climate we're walking into against China that the nation state doesn't go. We are not paying our enemy back in the middle of a war that they mm-hmm. shouldn't have caused in the first place. Yeah. I mean, look at the global alignment around Ukraine. A, a country nobody knew about ten, 10 years ago. Yeah. Just global alignment because there's an authoritarian government in control at the other end. Not say anything about Ukraine. Um, that the media empire of the West has successfully managed to convince the world has zero positives to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see where you're coming from. And you're right. The market, ultimately, the market is what all these nation states have to siphon off of in order to exist. Yep. So market action will still take precedence over the actions of the nation state. But I do wonder, we all know macroeconomics at the end of the day can be used as a form of mind control. What I'm wondering is if that, who, once again, I think we've had this conversation before, who wins out, public perception or economic reality? I think I would say because the market is is subject to both of those things. Yes, I think. Yeah, I I think that in this big of a market that is entirely global, it is very difficult for an individual country or even a block of countries to uh, overcome the forces. Because maybe if, if, yeah. if you if you if you really want to see blocks form, that would be one way to do it. And yeah, I mean the blocks are of, there in the my lot, opinion. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people that aren't entirely on board with the United States. There's a lot of people that are actively de-dollarizing and, and those are big, yeah. big markets. Yeah, um, that's true. So that's true. that, that would be, that would be a real, real big problem um, for us and for a lot of people. And if, and, and not only that, but just even just private investors, um, yeah. it would be, it would be kind of ground shaking and, and probably disencourage people from buying bonds. I think um, I think we're there. So also now I think we should consider how bad it's going to get because I, I think we're there. I think the nation state will take as many even self-destructive actions as it possibly can um, against China, uh, which will have ripple effects not only in the United States, but through the world. Um, and if Biden continues to do this thing where he manages our fall lighter than anyone else is falling, 
I actually think that will play into his favor. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to get hard for everybody, really hard for everybody. But um, in terms of kind of the actions of the nation state, the elections, Somehow, I think Biden's going to come out positively, even in this situation. I think that if he can convince Powell to keep rates at a reasonable level and not go psycho mode on it, um, <laughs> right? And inflation stays at eight percent. So what? People get used to it. It's a pain in the ass, but whatever. Um, uh, if if he can. I think that there is a path like you can thread that needle, but that it's it's going to be really tight because it's just a lot of variables that you got to. I I really just think they want China to collapse before we do. It's I I think they want a lot of people to collapse. Correct. Yeah. Well, I think China is the major player. I mean, Russia is we've already made Russia collapse, practically speaking. I mean, they're fighting a war against us where we're not losing anything in the process. Yeah, Um, we're already they are already collapsing. Because what's going to happen is if, if if Putin, which apparently the war is still ongoing. I know we talked about two weeks ago, he he declared some form of annexation. I don't know how that means the war is still going on, but it is. He is still fighting this war. And if he goes home without any wins, uh, he will not be alive, probably. Right. Very much. I'm talking about Putin. So yeah. he's got to win in a losing situation. And I know there was that Jordan Peterson clip. How could we possibly beat uh, an enemy? Who, who, who we can't say no to. Well, the fact is, like, the no comes in terms of increasing Russian soldier deaths at the expense of zero American soldiers. Yeah. That's called that's called saying no, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where he's conscripting old people to fight. That's called saying no, believe it or not. Um, yeah. So they're kind of out. They want China to collapse really hard. Uh, and the CHIPS Act might help that process along. Right. Um, because, it, I mean, listen... The weird thing is, and I'd like your thought on this, is Biden managed to go, hey, U.S. citizens working for Chinese companies, stop or you're losing your citizenship. And overnight, it effectively kneecapped like 10% of the Chinese chip market mm-hmm. right there, just yeah. doing that. Everybody said, okay, Biden, we're Americans first. That's weird. Doesn't that, isn't that like, yeah, that seems counterintuitive to the I don't even I'm not making this an economic thing, but that seems counterintuitive to the rational actors act in their own self-interest model. It seems like they're acting in the interest of the nation state. And if that does align with their self-interests, fine. But that's not what we thought they would do. I, Wait, I just it's, don't. It's not what we thought the the workers over uh, the China Americans would do. Would do. Yeah, I, you would think the Americans would go. Uh, well, we make a lot of money here. Um, I would not. I guess we'll that. relinquish it. Really? So oh then we God, always no. had. So then we always had advantage over China in terms of being able to kneecap their yeah, chip market. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Yeah. So then it's not a big deal. I'd, See, I I would be under the impression that people would uh, choose their jobs and the government they currently live under over a government they don't live under, uh, and not their jobs. I, you know, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I I no, I, no, I don't think so. I I mean, uh. I you know I know a fair amount of China, of expats that that lived in China for some time, and from you know anyone that I talked to, it was like yeah I loved my time over there it was great but it's like it's China like <laughs> we're living under a you know a pretty dicey regime like who knows what's gonna happen if if they who knows if China gives them citizenship you know who who I I don't know like you know that I well then it I worked would, the gambit worked I mean. 
I th- yeah, I, and I think it was a pretty low risk uh, move. I, I don't think I don't think that people are going to just relinquish their American citizenship uh, when they can make just as much money somewhere else. Where are the consequences of that, though? Is what I'm trying to say. Is for you know him. you're talking about exactly, <laughs> that, uh. but that's what I'm saying. Why didn't Trump do it? For some reason, he did not do that. Now we're in a, whatever the reason is, we are in a space and time where Biden can go, hey, stop working for that country. And people go, okay, that's where we're at. That's not something that I think outside of the context of getting ready to go to war with a country, if we're not already in a war with them, which who knows what a war even is anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that is an action that was taken that is by the estimation that I'm making where I've never seen it before extreme. That seems to be an action that hasn't been taken before and has very few consequences. So why wasn't it taken beforehand? I don't know, but it is now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I I just sort of wonder where those other actions are that are ultimately consequence free. Right. Well, I mean, I guess you, you could, you could also say, well, why didn't Germany roll into Poland in 1935 instead of 1939? Well, they just weren't ready. You know, so I, I, there, there's probably some aspect. And, of well, that and too. then I, the question I would ask in terms of the Germany one, looking in hindsight, what is what's coming next? <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, for yeah. sure. Well, I think that wars are fought with the most advanced weapons of their time, and yeah. information is the most advanced weapon of our time. And so that, so yeah, when you say we're at war, yeah, we are. I mean, it, there's it's an information war, and any hot traditional war is really just a. a a tailing indicator in my opinion it's a lagging indicator it's or it's a side piece it's not the the main issue the main issue is the information war and uh and like i i I don't think a lot of major hot war action is going to happen except in like kind of territorial disputes over what boil down to resources um well yeah well i think to that end china's goal in expressing sovereignty over taiwan would be i think uh, at least maybe this is overblown, but I mean, Taiwan, what does Taiwan do? It's like 90% of the world's chip manufacturing. That's one thing that China would be expressing sovereignty over. Yeah. But now it seems like, and again, this could have been done before, but it was done now. Biden is going, okay, um, nobody can buy chips from China anymore. So mm-hmm. now it seems like that war goal, he sort of has cut out at least for the time being. Yeah. Now, I, you know, and uh, but alongside the Chips Act, where apparently we're going to start producing chips in this country, uh, which I actually think might work. I actually think it will work in terms of their goal is to kneecap China's uh, economic uh, production. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it will actually work, in which case it will help to stem the economic collapse of this country more than all the other ones, which just seems, again, to be that's what riding with Biden really means. Yeah, just no, it just I, seems I, like we're I, all I, going down to hell. If you're riding with Biden, you're falling the slowest. You're going to hit yeah. the ground the softest. I don't disagree with you at all. And I don't I don't think that's, well, that's ju- really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I and, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, again, I, I take my position as the observer and I'm just trying to make sure that my shit's in order. But um, yeah, I, I think I, you know, I, I recall the an, an episode I did uh, might have been the signal Um or no, it was on his platform, um, on anarchist garage with Eric, uh, back, back in really early, like March of 2020, April of 2020, something like that. Talking about the economic 
uh, consequences of COVID. And of course, you know, with very limited information at that time, but this was when people started to, governors were starting to buck a little bit. Um, and we were taking a look at kind of the international order and, and, you know, my, my point in the podcast was like the U S and the U S dollar are kind of the, the, the cleanest shirt in the laundry. Everybody's dirty, but we're, we're the least dirty. And, um, and I, and I think that that is going to remain true for the foreseeable future until some big thing pops up that, that shows me otherwise, I do think that's the state of affairs. And, uh, if, if for no other reason than momentum and, uh, and so, you know, that, that's, that does, I, I, I would like to be in a geographic area that falls less hard than, than people that fall harder. Well, you Um, are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So far, I think that's, I think that's, I think that is true. And I think it's going to remain true. Um, but what I'm basically saying is other than sovereign citizens who've taken their economic capacity into their own hands in whatever terms you want to parse that out in Bitcoin, mm-hmm. probably being one of them. If you haven't divested completely in Bitcoin, your next best option is to be a United States citizen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's and, option two. <laughs> and ideally like both, you know, like be, yeah, right. being, being within this economic sphere and also having, um, kind of developing a parallel, a parallel you, you know, I, I think that's, yeah. the, you know, for, for me, that's what I've been doing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, you just hope for the best because a lot, the, the, everything is so tangled. Um, and I don't think it will become untangled. I think it will just no. burn. And, uh, and well, we'll, I think then it will become untangled or the whole creative destruction concept yeah. I guess, has to happen mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah, the thing no, is, I you know, it's weird how we were. Here's the weird thing to me. Um, last point that I'll make is uh, there was this concept that as as the United States falls apart, China will buy up our industries, blah, 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 blah. Soon we'll be working for Chinese companies, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think has happened. But if we suffer the lightest collapse of them all. It will go back to the United other people in other countries just continuing to work for United States companies. Mm hmm. If if the United States does the best of them all, that is what seems to be the next possible option. So what I'm basically saying is, hurrah, baby, let's go America. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, it's um, it it pays to be economically productive, and yeah. um, it pays to produce energy, and those two <laughs> things will get you through some bad times. And America uh-huh. produces energy, and we're a relatively economically productive nation when you look at it compared to, uh, others around the world. So, uh, so long as we can continue to produce and so long as we can continue to produce energy specifically, I think that at the end of the day, that will bode well, or at least less bad, uh, for us than others. So, uh, but it's, it's, uh, you know, you got to pick your, you got to pick your battles and you got to pick your line pretty carefully. Cause, um, yeah, it could, it could get super weird, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's yeah. it, with every new day brings so much data. And the thing is that there's so many, when I say tangled, it, it's like, there's so many p- power structures and organizations that are so weirdly related. And, you know, going back to the, the world economic forum, having a contract with Alberta, it's like, I didn't, so, ha- I'm sorry. I did. I just didn't have that on my bingo card 10 years ago, five years ago. Well, I just they probably, didn't. And now you probably can realize they probably have consulting contracts with every, right. Everyone. Exactly, yeah, everyone. So. They really do have all their hands in the pot. I mean, it is. It, uh, yeah, going all the way back to it, here's the deal of what I see. As long as the United States controls 
hegemony over global standardization of business, they will always fall the softest. Yeah. Um, and it does not seem like there's any such NGO working for the interest of any other direction. And only the West, no other direction seems to have that kind of, uh, which ultimately boils down to pure influence, pure mm-hmm. charismatic influence. I mean, anybody could jump ship on anyone else, but it seems like world business is still being directed by the West, which rises to be greater than the nation state, might even rise to be greater than the market. Um, like the West might be the mar- the name for the market. I'm not sure. Um, but that's that's where it's at. So I, I as long agree as with that's you. the case, I don't know. I agree with you completely with one caveat, and that is the thing that I've been talking about watching this division between what I'll call, you know, what we've been calling the Davos group and European mm-hmm. um, influence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, when, when you say the West, I do think there is a divider. I think there is tension oh, yes. be- between yes. the Davos group, generally speaking, and a lot of European uh, interests and uh, let's just call it the U.S. banking. Um, yes. And we'll yep. see how that plays out because they those two have not had to step out of line with each other really publicly yet. yet. But I think at some point they will. And I think mm-hmm. at some point you are going to see because you're already seeing articles heating up talking about Jay Powell, who's a complete lunatic. I literally saw an article t- talking about <laughs> Jay Powell and his band of lunatics on a, on a major financial. Uh, it's not even website. wrong. They are going it's, to blow this country up and a well, lot of people y- are going to be hurt because of it. And they may have to. But that's what's going to happen. Well, something <laughs> Something's got to give. Something's got to give because yeah. we can't pay yeah. our bills. And and uh, yeah, well, they so. will be the worst end of it because they're what they can do is blow up the economy, and eventually it'll get a lot better than it was. But nobody's going to be willing to wait to see that side. So they they are between the rock and the hard place of blowing the economy up at the promise it'll get better eventually. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, that's yeah. all. That's all they can do, or they can continue to comply with the nation state and also be blamed for all the problems of the economy anyway. Right. And so I think that they may perceive it as, well, it's a lose-lose, so let's just save uh, save our uh, our names. And uh, and yeah, so I, I think... <laughs> I don't like know I, how they can even save their names, to be yeah, honest. Uh, they, their job... What's funny is that everybody was like, ah, the Fed, the Fed, cancel Fed. Now it's like literally like the Fed has almost as, as a shift of the light has become the, scape, the true scapegoat organization. There's mm-hmm. If you're in it, you will be scapegoated one way mm-hmm. or another. Yeah. So either they can either the Fed collapses, <laughs> which would be amazing, or, or somebody's going to get blamed and you can't escape it. You just yeah. can't escape that. It's weird, yeah. man. And the heat it is, is just going to continue to crank up. So, you know, we uh, we've given the listeners way more content than I thought we were going to. Um, yeah. Again, it's like an hour and go to the over the line, an hour and something and more content waiting for you. I do want to just shout out the world's dirtiest man before we go. Um, Amu Haji, the man who showered last 60 years ago, dead at 94. An Iranian hermit dubbed the world's dirtiest man after not having showered for at least 60 years has passed away, according to state media. Haji, known for his grime-covered skin and matted hair, abstained from washing because he believed soap and water would make him sick. He was also averse to eating fresh food and drinking clean water. Um, He would only eat uh, rotted porcupine, for instance. Uh, He smoked a pipe made out of animal excrement. Um, And uh, villagers were begging him to take a a bath, and he wouldn't. 
Um, he lived, uh, he slept on a, a rock covered in newspaper. That was his pillow. Are you making this up? Nope. Um, and he lived in the, uh, he lived in Iran. What else? Uh, I literally think this is how, uh, vaccine proponents see us. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And guess what? We'll live a lot longer than them, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, by the looks of it. So, yeah, All he right. lived in a brick hut. He burned newspapers to keep warm. And yeah, he lived till 94. So uh, there's no such thing as medicine, ladies and Very gentlemen. Good. It's all, it's 100% your genetics. The minute you're born, you're given a time when you're going to die and you cannot do anything to change it. Please stop worrying about it and live a life as full as this guy probably lived. There you have it. There you have it. All right. Well, uh, let's bounce on out of here. Until next week, two hands on the wheel. Go over the line. Whoa.